I was asked to do a workshop several years ago on living in a difficult marriage. It was a really challenging workshop to write because it wasn't my experience. But I do know what the scripture says about what we can do when we're dealing with difficult people. So I went ahead and I took a dive off the deep end of the pool and taught this workshop. So we're going to condense this material. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. There are a lot of things that can make marriage difficult. A job loss, a change in health, poor communication skills, troubles with your young adults, interfering relatives, or maybe just a contentious woman or an angry man. You fill in the blank. There are reasons behind difficulties in marriage. Well, how do we define difficult? You know, if we want to make it all-inclusive, we can say this. There are no perfect marriages. Anyone at any point in time could be living in a difficult marriage. A few synonyms for difficult include problematic, thorny, demanding, trying, and complicated. It's just not possible for us to cover all the difficulties, especially in a session that's so short as a podcast. And please realize in advance, this is not meant to be a substitute for Christian marriage counseling. If you're listening to this episode and you have extreme problems going on in your marriage, you need counsel, not a podcast. Podcasts are not intensive care. On the other hand, if you're just interested in getting some helpful tips on how to ride out the ups and downs of married life, then I hope that this episode will help you. Let's open with a reminder passage from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19-20. through 20. It says this, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Sometimes in our relationships, we're going to have times when we're going to have to pass over the transgressions of others. There will be times when we'll have to let some things go. Now, I'm not talking about extreme things. Again, remember that extreme things need extreme help. You don't go through extreme things like abuse without getting help. I'm talking about more general difficulties, and if you have tougher than general, please understand this episode is not for that. So number one, as we're talking about living in a difficult marriage or dealing with difficulties in marriage, some marriages are problematic due to pride. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. What can we do about pride in married life? Well, we can check ourselves, first of all. Check our own attitudes rather than analyzing the other person so much. Sometimes we suffer from pharisaical wife syndrome. This disorder exists when a wife considers herself to be more spiritually mature than her husband, and it results in friction and contention. You know what is really a mark of spiritual maturity? Humility. Pride also manifests itself in expectations. When we have too many expectations in married life, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and discontentment. You know, expectations are just hopes with lots of imagination tossed in. (laughs) 
We don't want anyone to assume that we're going to perform in a certain way, but we can quickly presume that our husbands need to be consistent performers. I fell for this trap when my Norman was on this side of heaven. There were times when I was expecting things of him that I wasn't even expecting of myself. That's pride. And finally, under number one, do you have an unresolved conflict that's simmering because neither one of you wants to apologize? Yeah, pride acts like that. Be careful about holding grudges in your marriage. This can become really habit-forming, and then the next thing you know, you've got friendly fire and someone will get hurt. So what can we do about this issue of pride? Banish this pride. It makes married life too uncomfortable. Confess it, forsake it, and repent. Number two in the list, married life can become thorny when people are selfish. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 is my go-to passage about selfishness, and you've heard it in previous lessons, I'm sure, if you've been listening to the podcast. But it's worth bringing up again and again because it's truth that we really need to master. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I know, I know, Francie. I know, I know. I've heard you say that before. I know. It isn't what we know. It's what we do. Marriage is a giving relationship. When you're seeking to be a giver, you're setting a good standard for your marriage. And by the way, never believe the lie that your problems are so big that what you really need is a different man. That's not a solution for you, and it's not a solution for the man. Another person is just another human being, another soul in a body with a pulse and an attitude. All people come from the same fabric. So we aren't ever going to make it better by trying to find a different mate. Understand also that the busier we are, the more likely we are to neglect our spouses, and that can make us actually selfish. Being busy makes us start to feel like we're always on, and then we have resentment bubbling up, and that resentment can turn to selfishness. That means we have to be very careful about overbooking our schedules and then chewing on the spouse. That's not fair. So pull back from saying yes to everything. You're not the best woman for every job, and your husband shouldn't need an appointment to get together with you. So what's the to-do under number two? Quit thinking only about your side. It just makes married life more uncomfortable. Number three out of five, some men are more demanding, requiring greater wisdom from the wife. Now, 1 Samuel 25.3 tells the story of one of the most demanding men that a woman could ever have married. Now, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. That's directly from 1 Samuel 25.3, and you need to go read that 1 Samuel 25 chapter and see the whole story in context. Nabal is the only man in Scripture that was ever defined as churlish, which translates into a brute beast. This man was more than a piece of work. I often wonder if Abigail married him voluntarily or if it was arranged, but that's another story another time. The key points in the story about Abigail in particular is that she was a woman of good understanding in what had to be a frustrating marriage. Good understanding gave her the wisdom to keep a good relationship with her household and to endure Nabal. 
and she had to endure him because he was a wicked, churlish, foolish, hard-hearted, rough, stubborn man. If you're a woman who's married to a navel-type man, you're going to need more time in prayer and scripture, and it'd be a good idea to add fasting to this every now and then as well. Take a look at Mark 9.29 for the reference on that and read, read on that. But pray daily for wisdom to walk in your marriage. The to-do under number three, increase in wisdom to increase the well-being of your marriage. Number four out of five, it can be very trying to have a continuous stream of strife. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Look at the keys in that verse. The wrathful person stirs up strife, knows that an argument's coming and keeps on picking and keeps on talking. But the person who's wise enough to be slow to anger is going to look for ways to defuse the bomb. If you're married to a man who can easily become enraged over anything, you must be careful about your own temper. If you're both furious and uncontrolled, who's going to stop the conflict? Rather than go into full-scale combat with your own beloved, why not have a discussion without the accusations? Cool off and agree to disagree for a time. Have conversations that are difficult in season. That means at the right time, in the right place. If you're habitually responding to each other in the anger mode, it may eventually become your only way of communicating, causing you to exist in an abnormally tense and strained relationship. So what's your to-do under number four? Figure out the source of the strife and discuss it considerately. And finally, number five, when things are extremely complicated, Seek godly counsel. Proverbs 18.15 backs this up. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. When marriage trouble gets really extreme, often other people are recognizing that you're going through some serious trouble in your marriage. But please keep it private and discuss it with your counselors, not all your friends. Even though they can see it, their job is to pray. So be careful about discussing your private matters with people who aren't part of your counsel. Because if a person's not part of the problem and they're not part of the solution, you're really just gossiping about your own marriage. Also remember that the goal of counsel is to seek knowledge for a solution. What's the to-do under number five? Schedule an appointment with a godly counselor. It's really impossible to go through an entire married life without having any problems, but it is entirely possible to work through these difficulties through prayer and proper application of Scripture. When we make our own marital rules, it's like drawing up a faulty map and ending up in the wrong place. But when we follow God's directions for relationships, we arrive at the right destination because we followed His plan. You've been listening to Francie Taylor, For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.